This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. Will generative AI ever make its way into banking and financial services? We're going to find that out today. All right. My name is Jordan Wilson. Welcome to Everyday AI. This is your daily live stream podcast, free newsletter, helping everyday people like you and me not just learn about AI, but how we can actually leverage it. Uh, there's always so many new tools, so many new techniques, so much always going on in the world of, of AI. And that's what this show is for. It's to help all of us make sense of it, make use of it. Uh, so as a reminder, if you're joining us live, thank you. Welcome. Uh, please drop us a comment uh, for either myself or our guest today, where we're going to be talking, like I said, about AI and the financial systems. But before we do, let's talk about what's going on in the world of AI news, because there's there's some new some new developments. Um, uh, so, so actually, Stephen, good morning and uh, welcome, uh, Shri from Indonesia. Thanks for joining us. All right. So probably the biggest headline of the day, Meta and Microsoft having a partnership on Llama 2 and making it open source. That's actually a really big deal. Um, so there will be a lot more on this in the newsletter. But essentially, uh, Meta has been working a lot on some of their generative AI models behind the scenes. And, and Llama 2 is uh, probably their biggest one. And they are teaming up uh, with Microsoft to make this open source. So huge, huge news kind of on the, um, the AI chat in the large language model uh, base right there. Uh, next but not least, uh, or, or, or sorry, next, um, we have Bing Chat has released their enterprise edition. So uh, Microsoft as well, just making all of the headlines uh, in the last 24 hours. So uh, they're obviously introducing uh, Bing Chat Enterprise aimed at um, you know those companies that may not be wanting to share their data. So they're uh, one of the biggest things that they're uh, touting is the... Um, being able to protect your your data when you are uploading it uh, into Bing Chat, so we will see how that's received. But if uh, the markets are any indicator, uh, Microsoft stock soared to an all time high, uh, kind of shortly after uh, this announcement. Uh, all right, last news piece of the day: uh, a new article in Fortune kind of looked at how Elon Musk is approaching his new AI company XAI. So he did all out say that he is going after creating uh, artificial general intelligence, but an AGI that's as smart as a human and to be maximally curious and truth-seeking. All right, so we have more on those stories uh, and a bunch of other good insights today in our daily newsletter. We try to get that out around 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, so it's free. Make sure to go to youreverydayai.com to to read more about those stories. Uh, So, as we bring on our guests, thank you for everyone else joining us. Uh, Rastafa, good morning. Checking in from Atlanta. Uh, George Strom, what's going on? Uh, thanks for joining us. All right. So let's talk AI in the financial services. It's something I'm always curious about, why that sector isn't uh, you know, picking up AI maybe as quickly as, as the rest. So let's bring on our guests and let's talk about this. So uh, welcome to the show. We have uh, Nazia Rauf, uh, who works as a technology leader in financial services. Uh, Nazia, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Good morning, Jordan. Thank you for the intro. I'm really happy to be here. 
All right. I'm excited to talk, uh, you, you know, just AI in financial services. But but before we do, just give everyone maybe a brief, uh, brief background on kind of your work and uh, your experience in this in this field. Yeah, absolutely. So to give you some context, I'm a technology leader in financial services with a focus on solving business problems with technology. So things like process automation, business transformation, and leveraging new technologies to drive business growth. And I've been on both the strategy side as well as the delivery side. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about my early exposure to AI. Um, So earlier on in my career, I was actually focused on more hands-on roles, and then I made a pivot into more leadership roles in financial services. So my first exposure to AI was actually in college uh, with a program called ELISA, and some people may be able to relate with ELISA. ELISA was actually created in the 60s, not that I went to college in the 60s, (laughs) but, but ELISA was actually created in the 60s by Weizenbaum. And it was intended to explore communication between humans and computers. And he was exploring this idea of a therapist online using ELISA. So ELISA simulated conversations with you with pattern matching and substitution methodology. And that gave the users an illusion that they were actually talking to somebody. So as an example, um, if you said, you know, um, how do you feel about your mother or something like that? It would pattern match and say, you know, um, well, tell me more about your mother or something like that. But if it didn't recognize the pattern, it would just say, tell me more. And anyway, back in college, I still knew I was a little smarter than Eliza. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's it's funny because, you know, now you have, you know, the the kids, as I say, you know, they're talking with their Snapchat AI and, you know, people are obviously talking with, uh, you know, ChatGPT. But yeah, most people don't know about Eliza in, in the history of chatbots. It's been around for decades. But speaking of that, AI also isn't new to the financial services, right? So um, it's been used in many, many use cases, you know, deep learning, machine learning since mm-hmm. the 80s and, and even before. So, you know, why do you think you know, given that the the banking and the financial sector has been using different forms of AI for, for decades, why is is generative AI, you know, your, your your text to text, kind of like your chat GPT, all these other text to blank generative AI models, why are they not being used right now, do you think, in financial and, and banking services? Um, I wouldn't say they're not being used um, at all. Um, you know, if, if you fast forward to 2023, like we we saw ChatGPT as the next disruption, right? But there are firms like JP Morgan that are um, using it very well. So, you know, I read on the news, JP Morgan is using 300 use cases in production, 300 AI use cases in production. So that's a lot. Um, and they're also working on this platform called Index GPT. And that seems to be revolutionizing investment selection for customers. So if you think about, um, you know, a couple of decades ago, there was robo-advisors. And that was kind of the big uproar. Oh, it's going to replace financial advisors and whatnot. And once they started exploring it, you know, there are a lot of platforms like Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, Schwab. They all have the robo-advisory platform, but it didn't replace financial advisors. It actually complemented them. So I, it was more of, it's more of a complementary tool. And I think more firms need to see ChatGPT as a complementary tool instead of a replacement, right? And the other risk that I also see from a financial service firm perspective is the information security. That's that's huge. And you know, in a lot of initiatives um, over the decades in financial services, 
it was fine. It was information security that was advising us like, okay, you know, where we can have data breaches, you know, somebody can, you know, accidentally expose this data, so on and so forth. So I think it, you know, we need to um, explore it from information security perspective as well. Okay, what's what security features are we enabling so people can use it um, more safely? Yeah, it's that's a great point because in the end, it is all about security, right? I'd say the 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 maybe the two industries that the everyday person kind of um, you know finds themselves interacting with that. Uh, generative AI is is still not as commonplace as others is, you know, medical um, and then maybe financial services. So what do you think um, are the biggest kind of hurdles um, for this technology to be more commonplace in the financial and, and, and banking sectors? Or I guess, does it even need to be like, like, do we need to be able to go on to, you know, chase.com or our 401ks and to be able to, you know, kind of, you talked about robo advisors, like, should we even be able to go on there and have a, a chat with our 401k and, and to make decisions that way? What are your thoughts on that? Um, absolutely. And I think if there are firms that are adapting it, and then there are other firms that are fighting it, the firms who are fighting it may be left behind, right? Because then there are firms offering more personalized advice and things like that. Um, so I've seen some of the websites already using it. So things like um, loan assistance or financial education. So let's take financial education for a second. Uh, it's, I mean, the bot was actually very sophisticated in terms of educating you from a financial perspective, okay, you know, what do you have a question on? And then it would give you details. And, and then, you know, some people don't feel comfortable asking those, you know, uh, basic questions. So this is kind of a way to educate them. And there's so many other use cases like account support, you know, you would be on the phone with customer service or what have you for hours. And this way, you can get that account support at the tip of your fingers. So there are so many use cases, I feel like, you need to, banks need to figure out the guardrails and kind of move forward there. Yeah. I think you, you just mentioned something that's probably a pain point for, for so many of us, myself included, right? So when you are, you know, calling into your, your bank or sometimes, you know, financial advisor or whatever it may be, you're, you're, you're hit with those automated prompts. And, and it seems like those haven't changed very much in the last 10, 15 years, right? You're still trying to get a human on or they're trying to recognize your voice. Um, so, so it sounds like you see that sort of technology improving in the near future, correct? Absolutely. And, and one of the ways that I've figured out for one of the firms that I'm working with is having an AI governance committee. So the idea of an AI governance committee is, you know, there are a couple of things. So one is the ethical uses of AI, um, whether it's at financial firms or anywhere else, I feel like that's a big topic also. So the idea of having the AI governance committee is one to educate the users, not just, you know, the heads of departments, but also other users, uh, because we're constantly getting new ideas. Hey, we can do this, we can do that. And we don't want to just shoot them down. We want to evaluate them and see, okay, how can we improve this, right? And uh, some of the other functions are decision-making, prioritizing, um, and really looking at how we can bring them on in a safe and um, strategic way. Sure. What's What's been your thoughts so far? So maybe thinking outside of, you know, your official role on these projects. Are people in 
um, decision makers in these financial industries, are they understanding the, I guess, the power and potential of generative AI? And and maybe for those of you listening, just as an example, and we've done videos of this, and I'm actually speaking uh, at a summit tomorrow, kind of on this thing, but the ability to upload, uh, you know, a PDF with hundreds of pages and to be able to pull out stats from it, or uploading a, a spreadsheet with millions of data points, and to be able to talk to that spreadsheet and and, gr- and grab out the most important information. Would you say that decision makers in the financial and banking industry are, are well aware of, of how readily available this technology is? The, um, sorry, just give me one second. Sure. I'll be right back. Sure. No worries. All right. So uh, as, as Nazia kind of uh, takes, takes care of something going on there. So I think it's interesting some of the things that she said, because we're talking about how accessible um, that all of this technology is, and you know, we're uh, definitely make sure to check out the newsletter today because we will reference um, some of these things that that I've talked about. The ability to, you know, literally look at millions of data points in a spreadsheet. Um, the ability to chat with, um, you, you know, PDFs. All those things. I think that there's a lot of um, great use cases uh, for this technology as we look when and if it's going to be rolled out to, uh, you know. Your, your bank or, you know, your uh, financial advisor or whatever it may be. Uh, so I just wanted to highlight a couple a couple comments here uh, that are coming in. So uh, Matthew, thank you for joining us. Just talking about uh, security is paramount uh, now for sure, especially, yes, um, that's extremely important. Um, also, uh, Yadi talking about in finance, uh, we definitely know the power of AI, but our usage may be totally different because our AI is a back-end thing dealing with security. Um, absolutely. So, uh, let's, let's actually, uh, ask, uh, ask Nuzzy about that. So, you know, kind of even, uh, what Yaddy was, was, was talking about here, uh, in the comments. So thank you for that. Um, talking about the power of AI and our usage as consumers is maybe a little bit different than how the banks and, and the financial systems might be using AI, right? How do you see even just generative AI and kind of the kind of like quote unquote future of it? How is that going to change things for the average consumer, you know, being able to get information from their bank, from their financial system? Uh, so I think one of the things um, that I've also seen, and I see, you know, um, in terms of the future where things are going, is embedded AI. So even though we're not banks are hesitant in using ChatGPT on its own, um, I'm seeing ChatGPT embedded in either platforms, APIs, um, and, and also strategic partnerships with startups. So that's where I see things going. So, you know, one of the things we were talking about, um, financial education or customer account information. So what we want to do is basically implement it in a platform. So there are guardrails. So one of the biggest um, uh, risks that, you know, risk and information security teams see is data breaches and whatnot. So basically putting guardrails in to see, okay, if you see people sharing social security numbers, you know, let's stop it there, right? Let's, uh, if you see, you know, the addresses and stuff like that, sensitive information being shared, let's block it, right? So there are guardrails there. Whereas if you use ChatGPT now, I can take, you know, documents, like personal documents, say summarizes, which you should not be doing, right? Because it's still in the initial stages. 
Um, so that's one. And then two, in terms of accuracy, it's still not there, right? Um, you know, I was creating a strategy the other day and I said, okay, research this topic or what have you. And I thought it would save some time, but I still had to fact check it. So I don't know how much time it actually saved, but it's good. It's, you know, summarizing information. Um, where I see one of the risks is, you know, my um, niece is coding now. So she's like, oh, yeah, I go. And she's much younger. So she said, oh, I'm using this platform and it gave me this code. But she doesn't know the difference between good code and bad code. So that's, again, a big risk, right? That's where companies are seeing it as a big risk, because if you're experience like I can look at I can still look you know decades later I can still look at a block of code and be like okay this is what it does but um, you know the younger generation who's still learning they need to learn before they start just ask prompting chat GPT to give them code yeah yeah absolutely that's I've, I've talked about this in, in previous episodes and this is probably beside the point but I I agree because Actually, ChatGPT and generative, uh, gener generative AI actually makes it so easy to learn that I think sometimes our brain doesn't even make those connections. Uh, but, but Nazia, one thing I did want to ask you about, you know, you talked about, you know, kind of the guardrails uh, in place and, and risk and security, which I think when it comes to the, the financial sector is a huge, huge issue, right? Uh, because we've all seen stories, especially, I mean, we don't even talk about things like, like voice cloning uh, a lot on this show, but it's, it's so, it's so, you know, easy now to do, you know, to, to clone someone's voice or to act as someone else. So what's your, um, what's your thoughts on how that may impact, you know, security at banking. So, you know, being able to, whether it's someone's voice or to create videos of someone, you know, right. clone people's voices, what risk does that pose to financial institutions? Because it seems like that would be for bad intent and bad purposes, it would probably Absolutely. normally be to go after someone's financial. Uh, so how do banks deal with that? So, you know, there are a lot of uh, platforms that kind of scream for that, but there's still, I feel like people are still getting creative in terms of how to bypass some of the security measures. And I think that's where, you know, banks can leverage AI to get ahead of it, right? Say, okay, you know, okay, here's the, identification that they presented, let's ask for something else. Like they would ask for something that you wouldn't know, like, um, you know, something from the records, give me like a recurring transaction. Actually, that's pretty, mm -hmm. that's pretty basic, but something else where it's very unique, where AI wouldn't know, where a person, random person wouldn't know. So I think they have to get creative in that sense because fraud has increased a lot. And I don't have the stats on that, but it has increased a lot when ChatGPT was introduced. So if they leverage AI, then it's almost like a level playing field where it's like, okay, people are leveraging AI for uh, not use, good use cases. And so banks need to start using AI to kind of combat that. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It is funny, you know, people using AI to combat uh, AI. It's uh, mm -hmm. It's a, it's, a, it's a strange world we live in now, but uh, that's I, I think that's the reality of it. Uh, so, so real quick, you, you know, just to kind of uh, wrap up our conversation here, because we've gone all over the place and, and, and I think it's been very valuable. But, you know, moving forward, how do you see, you know, AI and its accessibility especially, right? And how, how fast things are changing and, and how much, um, you know, really just added uh, benefits that, that companies can have from, from uh, adopting to it. Um, how do you see this, this changing in the near future, change, changing banking, changing financial institutions with uh, the kind of 
nonstop reinvention uh, of, of generative AI technology. How's it going to affect your sector? So I think we're still in the initial stages, but just like I had given you as an example of like robo advisors, right? It's like everybody was kind of afraid of it and then they just kind of adapted it, you know, accepted it. So I see ChatGPT as a complement to it instead of a replacement to certain things. Um, and I think it's only going to get better, faster and more efficient. So it's just about time on figuring out um, what guardrails can we have in place and really just adapt the technologies. All right. Well, thank you again, uh, Nazia, for joining us. And, and as a reminder, if you are uh, tuning in and listening and you wanted to know more about what Nazia was talking about, don't worry. We're going to recap it all in our daily newsletter. Uh, but Nazia, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, we'll see you. All right. And just as a reminder, everyone, please go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for the daily newsletter. And if you are watching uh, or or listening on a podcast, please drop us a rating, Spotify, Apple. Uh, So we will see you back tomorrow and just about every day with Everyday AI. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.